0: Welcome to Stratfor's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Fred Burton. I'm speaking with Senior Global Analyst Matthew Bay today. Matthew, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How about yourself, Fred? I'm doing okay. Let's chat a little bit about what you see unfolding from the U.S. perspective against China due to COVID-19.
1: Right. So the Trump administration has made putting the blame on the COVID-19 economic consequences here in the United States. It's trying to pin that on China. Um, and what they're trying to do as they look at their kind of reelection campaign strategy heading into November is they've tried to essentially look at ways to punish China for that. Now, this can, the way that punishment can work is it can range from something very extreme like, you know, blowing up the US-China trade war, putting into place tariffs. Um, or it can be sanctions, targeted measures like that. Um, thus far, from the leaks that we've seen, we've seen the U.S. discussing the idea of stripping away China's sovereign immunity um, for uh, cases to be brought up against China over damages from deaths associated with uh, with COVID-19 or something like that. Um, this is something that the U.S. has already done once in terms of stripping away sovereign immunity for another country um, in relation to um, Saudi Arabia and the events of 9-11. Um, this would be a giant move if that were to happen, and it also does uh, open up questions as to whether or not other countries wouldn't start looking at the same way when looking at, for example, damages associated with climate change and then trying to then uh, hold the United States or U.S. companies responsible for that. Another thing that's been discussed is just canceling all U.S. debt obligations to China. Um, China is one of the world's largest holders of U.S. treasuries. Or treasuries. Um, one of the problems with that, however, is it does then, then essentially bring up to the question whether or not the US will always uphold its end of the bargain when it comes to debt obligations and that could hit the dollar quite hard so that's another one that is setting a very dangerous precedent um, the other thing that's been discussed beyond potentially putting it back into place some tariffs on China um, has been the idea of sanctioning Chinese officials um, that's more of a slap it on the wrist type of an argument uh, of a, of a me- mechanism unless you start talking about broad sanctions that try to really damage the Chinese economy, which then again gets back into the question of blowing up the U.S.-China trade deal, which the Trump administration doesn't want to do. But if the Trump administration really does want to um, move forward with uh, upping its pressure on China tariffs and um, going back and raising tariffs as a, as a consequence of, of a response, that is something that I think is probably the more likely area, even though it definitely would potentially erase the China U.S.-China trade deal that we've already had thus far.
0: Yeah, that's most interesting. Uh, Matthew, what are some of the main constraints on the Trump administration uh, acting in more aggressive economic moves against China?
1: Right. So one of the main constraints is the impact back onto the United States economy. Um, and then also President Trump has tried to use the U.S.-China phase one trade deal as a as a hallmark agreement that, that signals the success of his trade policy overall heading into elections. Now, when President Trump decided to, to increase tariffs against China in 2018 and 2019, um, it was a very different economic environment globally. The U.S. economy was relatively strong. It could actually withstand the pressure of increased tariffs, which actually hurts the U.S. economy without really suffering any kind of significant damage. Um, and, but now when we talk about the U.S. Um, doing any kind of a, a, a dramatic tariff increase today, we're talking about being in the, in the middle of a recovery. It would hit financial markets very hard. Um, it would cause a lot of the companies that were planning on exporting to China be, to be pre- hit pretty hard. So there's a lot of concerns that you know, the damage this time around by upping the tra- tariffs against China would be very significant uh, and, and more impactful than before because we're in the middle of a crisis as opposed to in good times, essentially.
0: Is there really any prospect for further U.S.-China trade talks this year as originally planned?
1: No. So that's one of the things is like the the U.S. and China had always had this idea that maybe we could actually start negotiating a a phase two deal that would address some of the uh, more stickier issues between the two economies. Um, When you look at the phase one trade deal, essentially it was a a small amount of concessions by China over things like um, industrial policy, um, things like uh, the support of uh, state-owned enterprises, it was really more about essentially China promising to buy more U.S. goods, uh, primarily uh, ag, and energy product, uh, ag and energy products, um, and then the U.S. accepting that as a big win, being able to point to you know, uh, targets of $200 billion worth of imports from, uh, that China would make from the U.S. Um, as, as, a, as a way of the Trump administration selling the deal. Um, however, we always knew that the, the more stringent issues around um, China's IP protections, its SOEs, etc. were always going to be more difficult. And now with the US and China really becoming more at odds with one another over COVID-19 and uh, throwing blame back and forth, um, it makes any kind of talks realistically over this issue anytime soon just just not really going to be happening.
0: How does shifting American attitudes towards China affect U.S.-China trade and tariff talks later after the 2020 presidential elections?
1: Right. So that's been one of the interesting things that we've seen from COVID-19 is that uh, you're starting to see a lot more concern and blame on both sides of the aisle being placed on China. So now you're starting to see Americans, or not really starting, but over the last few years, you've seen Americans' attitudes towards China just increase Um uh Pew research had a poll uh last month essentially saying showing that um 20% uh, the number of Americans that had a negative view of China had increased by 20 percentage points over the last 3 years and that had really accelerated over the last couple of months due to COVID-19 that actually means that we're really now getting into this position where even uh Joe Biden if he were to win the presidency he would still have a very hard China line and in many ways this this uh presidential election could down essentially come down to essentially an argument of which person would be more strong on China. Um, so that, that overall perception of China is becoming more negative in the United States, which means that you're going to have a stronger policy no matter who is in uh, charge. Now, Joe Biden might be more willing to use some other kind of mechanisms against China other than tariffs, which has been Uh, President Trump's bread and butter, butter. but it does mean that even when we're talking about negotiating some sort of a trade deal with China to reduce some of the tariffs that put into place, somebody like Biden would definitely still be demanding significant concessions. That's very
0: interesting. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Fred. Together, Stratfor and Rain provide individuals and businesses the insight and actionable information they need in times of crisis. You can stay up to date, even ahead of the news, with Stratfor Worldview. Podcast listeners get a special rate at stratford.com slash podcast offer. That's stratford.com slash podcast offer. I'm Fred Burton, and thanks for listening.